And the other thing too, that's been really helpful is just at the end of every single day and at the beginning of every single day, asking myself on a scale of zero to 10, how overwhelmed I feel. And if I feel like I'm at a seven or an eight, then I know that I need to start to either delegate things, delete things or delay things. Those are the three D's I always tell my clients. And so, you know, nothing's ever as urgent as we think it is. listening to the sustainability issue a podcast about sustainable fashion and mindfulness it is about calling out the worst practices of the fashion industry the things that have led to the devastating impact fashion has on the natural environment and the human lives involved in the process it is also about the people within the industry who are driving the change for the better and finally it is about you about reconnecting to our nature as human beings and realizing the big impact our everyday actions have on the world around us. I'm Desi Gurgieva. I'm so happy that you're here and let's dive right in. Dear friends, over the past two seasons, the sustainability issue has often been featured as top podcast in its category with guests such as Ursula de Castro, Sadhguru, and so many more, which is incredible. And I thank you so much for making this happen together with me. In this season three, we're going to dive deeper into the topic of mindfulness. Because mindfulness, when applied to business, makes any industry more sustainable. And I know we're all here to ultimately make this world better than we found it. Mindfulness is a topic very dear to my heart and central to my work. And it touches everything we do as human beings on this planet. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. In today's episode, I'm excited to welcome Selena Ho. Selena is the founder and CEO of Reclosited, the first one-stop consultancy for sustainable fashion. Reclosited launches and scales sustainable fashion brands and helps existing brands become more conscious through their programs and their consulting services. Selena leverages her experience working at startups as well as Fortune 500 companies and now leads an all-star team of consultants, sourcing experts and material scientists to transform the harmful fashion industry. Without further ado, let's jump right into the conversation. Hi Selena, welcome to the Sustainability Issue podcast. Please introduce yourself in your own words to our listeners and I would especially love to know your why behind what you do. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And so my name is Selena. I'm the founder and CEO of Recloseted. We are the first one-stop consulting agency for sustainable fashion. And so my personal mission and my company's mission is to really transform the fashion industry. There's so many things wrong with it, and it's a really big lofty goal, but we're doing that by working with companies. And it really all started because I actually got a skin rash from wearing a polyester dress shirt at work. And I didn't really know why I was getting this rash. I didn't know what was happening, but I knew I kind of had sensitive skin and I was 
previously a fast fashion consumer. I didn't really understand what went into our clothes. And so I went into the washroom. I was trying to figure out what was going on. And I realized that it was a polyester shirt. And I didn't really know what polyester was before, but I Googled it, found out it's made out of crude oil, as you know. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. No one's talking about this and we don't know about it. And then I just went down this huge rabbit hole of trying to figure out more things about the fashion industry and just really... It just made me feel so disappointed and so angered and the fact that no one really knew about it around in my circle and people weren't really talking about it back when I was finding this out about, you know, not even that long ago, about six years ago, but it just wasn't as topical as it is today. And so I just really dedicated my life after that to really trying to turn things around. I love it. That's so interesting. And uh, it's crazy, right? I mean, that we drill the earth in order to produce these fabrics. And it's more than 70%, I think, of fabrics that are made out of um, poly fibers. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. And uh, right now, you help fashion designers start their own brands with Recloseted. Can you tell more about this and what you actually do in your day to day? Yeah, so we are a one-stop shop. So basically what that means is anything that's related to sustainable fashion, we can help you with. So we help launch sustainable sustainable fashion brands. We help scale sustainable fashion brands and also help existing brands become more sustainable. So it's a whole suite of services. And in terms of launching and scaling, we have online programs. So I have a course that I have recorded and spent hours and hours and hours creating and really in that course they just go on they kind of watch it Netflix style and then there's consulting calls to help support them but with all of our programs I really make it intentional so that it's really everything they need to be successful and then they get the support as well so in our launch your brand program they'll get the course they'll also get all the business and fashion information they need to be successful and Our goal is that all these brands create beautiful conscious products that are being worn because we don't need more sustainable junk going to the landfills. We need products that people genuinely use and they need. And then the goal is that these entrepreneurs can be profitable from day one as well, because I know there's a lot of the starving artist mentality or story, and that just makes me really upset because I really think that conscious and genuinely you know, mindful entrepreneurs deserve to get funding and support to be successful. And so, yeah, our program really helps them make at least $20,000 upon launching. And it's something I'm really proud of. That's wonderful. And that is such a big problem, actually, because big companies that have the resources, they can often, you know, make bigger steps faster, but they are also very much marketing because they have bigger marketing budgets to use for this, right? And so it's very yeah. often becomes greenwashing while, you know, small, smaller, smaller brands struggle to actually become successful. Yeah, totally. It's a huge thing because, you know, a lot of these companies, to your point, are greenwashing. They're just jumping on the bandwagon of sustainability, trying to make a quick buck. But these entrepreneurs that are bootstrapping, self-funding, putting their own savings into this, it's just so heartbreaking when they don't make it and it fizzles out. So I'm personally just very compelled to try to help as many people as possible because a lot of these entrepreneurs genuinely want to support like local sewers or they want to, you know, try to use natural dyes so it doesn't get into the wastewater. They're just very caring and they're very, very mindful with how they operate. And I just really want us as a globe to be able to vote with our dollars and support those kind of businesses versus, 
you know, any fast fashion brand that's right now trying to pretend like they're more conscious, right? So it's really about supporting the right businesses, but those businesses need to be there and they need to be set up for success. Mm, right. And are most of your customers smaller brands that are just starting off or do you often also uh, work with brands that are shifting from, you know, not necessarily starting off as a sustainable brand towards? Yeah, it's a good question. Right now, our split's about 60%, 40%. So 60% of our clientele is more on like the small to medium size of things. And then 40% are the bigger companies trying to become more conscious. And we've been quite intentional with that split just because I think it's important to involve the whole spectrum of businesses. But then also, we are quite choosy with the clients we bring on. We want to make sure they actually genuinely want to do this and they're not just doing it because they're trying to you know, market a certain way or something like that. And for all our clientele too, we want to make sure we give it our all. So currently, that's what the split looks like. I think ideally, we can get it to more of a 50-50, but we'll see how it goes. Mm, yeah, that's wonderful. Because I, I know that this is a super interesting thing because for bigger brands that are established, it's actually even harder, it seems, to switch because, of course, there are so many parties involved, so many stakeholders. Yeah. I remember listening to this interview with Mara Hoffman, who was talking about this shift towards, you know, a sustainable brand where it was for them like a switch, shift or die decision. Like she didn't want yeah. to stay anymore if she cannot like completely change the business from within. So that's very, very cool and important. Work. Yeah. yeah, thank you. What are top trends in this space that you think are important for brands who are maybe just starting off to know or for bigger brands that are looking to become more sustainable? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on in the industry right now. I really feel like I hate calling this the trend, but just being more conscious overall is just so important. And it's not just important for just consumers, because obviously consumer preferences are changing, but also from a legislation perspective, there's so much coming down the pipeline, which is really exciting and very long overdue. Um, the EU is really pushing hard on a lot of legislation. And then also in New York, there's a few bills going through right now. So once those go through, I think it'll be quite quick for the rest of the world to catch up. So I really think businesses need to pay attention and start to figure out what their plan is for sure. Um, and then the other thing, too, is just there's a lot of material innovation. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware, but leather has been really kind of controversial over recent years, you know, mm -hmm. and from like an end of life perspective, it's, of course, better than vegan leather, which is made out of plastic, essentially. But from an animal rights perspective, it's obviously not as good as vegan leather. So there has kind of been pros and cons to both. But there is a lot of cool next gen materials made out of, you know, like pineapples or apples. And those have been really interesting. Of course, they still contain plastic, but less than traditional PU vegan leather. But there is a lot of really exciting um, technology coming out there. And so definitely keep an eye there if folks listening, have, you know, are into leather, but they feel bad about, you know, supporting leather. So keep an eye out for that. And then 
I also think that there's a lot more from a traceability and transparency perspective. So uh, I know right now blockchain is kind of taking over and Web3 and crypto, but there are really interesting ways to leverage that technology for the fashion industry. So for example, if you could scan a code on a jacket that you're shopping and all of a sudden something pops up and shows you where the fabric is coming from, where it was made, who was the garment worker that made it, all this stuff from a supply chain perspective, I think that would be a really cool way to use that technology. And so there's a lot of companies right now out there that are doing that. We've been talking to them. It's really, really cool what they're doing. So yeah, hopefully something like that rolls out more too. So then that way consumers, when they're shopping, they can be empowered with information and make their own decisions. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is so important. And I mean, we can see this, that uh, with social media, people actually have more, you know, insight into what's going on behind the scenes and they are becoming also more interested and they almost require this from brands. So yeah, I think this is definitely, you know, the way to go. <laughs> in yeah. Future. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, are there some best practices that you can share from your experience with Recloseted that can maybe be you know, interesting for people who are right now starting off maybe as a new brand or looking into shifting towards more sustainable? Yeah, well, I always say that there is truly no sustainable brand out there because if you really wanted to be sustainable, you wouldn't start a business because starting a business, you're going to emit carbon, you're going to use electricity, you're going to use materials, right? And so in the truest meaning of sustainability, I just don't think it exists. And so instead of making that be like, oh, maybe I shouldn't start a business. I hope that that alleviates some of the pressure because I think there is a lot of pressure right now about doing it perfectly. And my point is that that's just not possible. So instead, you need to imperfectly make progress. And everyone's situation is different as well, like based on how much time you have, how much budget you have, and just how much people you have on your team from a resource perspective. Just figure out what you can realistically accomplish and what the best possible outcome and solution looks like and go at it from that perspective. And so with our clients, we help them figure out what their one to two sustainability priorities should be, because if you try to fix everything, you're not going to be able to do anything well. And so really figure out, like, is it water usage that you want to really drill down and not use a lot on? Or is it carbon emissions that you really want to try to not emit? Like, really figure out what your one to two are and then go all out in those areas so that you can actually make an impact. Because if you try to do everything, nothing's going to be done well and you're just not going to be able to make much of an impact at all and so we always tell our clients to prioritize and then as they get more support and as they get more funding you can then add in more priorities as well and just be transparent about this too. involve your consumers on your journey tell them this is what we've decided to do based on our current situation this is our roadmap and I really think if you share consumers will get it and they'll really actually want to support you more as well Absolutely. Yeah. All about the journey, right? Yeah, exactly. And and still, are there some low-hanging fruits or something that would you, you would say this is a good place to start, you know, for a brand, for a small yeah. brand? Yeah, I mean, the easiest way to start, there's a couple. The first one is just being more intentional with your designs, because if you think about it from the very, very beginning, from a design 
design perspective, if you make something that is just long lasting, it's timeless, you're not chasing trends, you're choosing better materials, and maybe you're designing for versatility too. Like it's, you know, we have one client that does a blazer set. You can wear it as a blazer, you can wear it as a skirt, you can wear it as a dress, you can wear it as a cloth blazer. You know, there's just different ways to wear it. And I think if we're just more intentional from a design perspective, that can already have such a big impact. And then another big low-hanging fruit is just packaging, right? Like, can you try to eliminate all plastic from your packaging? Can you try to just stick with recycled paper, ideally, if possible? Can you use recycled paper cardboard um, envelopes instead of styrofoam or those biodegradable polymers that don't actually really biodegrade? And I can talk more about that later. But I think packaging is also a big one as well. Yeah, but please go into the biodegradable because I think yeah. So this is actually I can't take credit for this. Mm-hmm. Um, a member on our team, she's a scientist, and she was telling me that a lot of the biodegradable or, or compostable polymailers, in order for them to fully biodegrade or compost, they need to be um, basically zapped <laughs> at a certain temperature for a certain duration of time over a couple or a few weeks. And a lot of governments they just don't have the facilities, and or there's just so much. So a lot of these things are being sent to the landfill, either half composted or half biodegraded, or just not even at all. So I think there needs to be some sort of realization that even that isn't great. And so instead, like, let's just stick to paper. Let's just try to stick to paper. And it's not like clothes are really that fragile at all. So it just always kind of bothers me whenever I see plastic. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's tough and i mean of course it's a step in the right direction but in the end we also need the facilities to make yeah. sure that something is in place um in order for this to be effective yeah totally and getting into the more uh mindful some side of things which i'm very interested in you also worked with we work with entrepreneurs um how do you help entrepreneurs stay on track be um you know good at what they do and not uh, burn out in, in the process yeah this is something i love to talk about because in my early years of building recloseted i definitely burnt out a lot and so there's two things I recommend. The first one is being more preventative versus reactive. I think when I first started out, I was very reactive. I would just work, 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 work. And then when I felt burnout, I would just all of a sudden hit the brakes and then rest. And then I would work, 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 work. And then I would burn out again. And it was such a vicious cycle. And every time it happened, I would just feel so I'm not sure if I can swear, but I just felt really bad about myself because I was like, I can't even take care of my own body. I can't even take care of myself. Who am I to run a business? You know, and it was just a lot of negativity. And so now I am in a place where I've realized that you either take care of your body or your body makes it like essentially makes you take care of it. And so let's choose to nourish our body. Let's choose to be more mindful versus being forced to do that. And so every day I try to pepper in preventative measures. So that means for me, sleeping enough. That means I need to be, you know, doing some meditation in the morning. That means I need to take a walk in the afternoon, something like that. And it doesn't have to be like a vacation or going to the spa. It's just really daily free methods of self-care to really show yourself that you can rest and, you know, decompress your nervous system 
um, and just take that break. And I find that that's been so much better than me just, you know, pushing and pushing and pushing and then having to take a two week break. Right. And the other thing, too, that's been really helpful is just at the end of every single day and at the beginning of every single day, asking myself on a scale of zero to 10 how overwhelmed I feel. And if I feel like I'm at a seven or an eight, then I know that I need to start to either delegate things, delete things or delay things. Those are the three D's I always tell my clients. And so, you know, nothing's ever as urgent as we think it is. So we can either delete it off our plate, we can delegate it, give it to someone else or just delay it, just push it back. Right. And so if I'm feeling like a seven plus on the overwhelm scale, then I'll definitely try to do some of those things. But it is definitely trial and error in its life. Nothing's ever perfect. But, you know, just making sure that you take care of yourself. It doesn't have to be very expensive. It can be really, really just like daily preventative measures of self-care. And so that's kind of the first thing. And then the second thing that I always tell our clients too is that you just need to be very strategic about what you're working on because a lot of the times we're just busy for the sake of being busy and that's just not helpful to anyone. So at the beginning of every single year, we always have our annual objectives. So we pick like a few key things we're trying to work towards. Then every quarter, we turn that into projects. And then every month, we turn that into tasks. And then every week, you drill it down. So then everything you're working on is very intentional and that ladders back up to your goals. And so if something is not aligned with your monthly tasks or your quarterly projects or your annual objectives, then get it off your plate. You shouldn't be doing it or wasting your time on it, right? And I think a lot of the times now we just fill up our plates with busy nonsense that we don't need to do and that adds to burnout. So yeah, just making sure that you are preventative versus reactive and just very intentional about what you're working on has really helped me and our clients as well. I love it. Thank you so much for this. <laughs> yeah, of course. Being put here and feeling this very much as well. Um, what does sustainability mean to you personally? Oh, I love this question. I'm actually going to ask you this question during our podcast off too. But to me, sustainability is just really synonymous with balance. It just means balancing living your life, but leaving enough for future generations. Same thing with businesses too, like making sure they have a profit, but at the same time, taking care of the planet as well. And so it's just this balancing act and trying to figure out how we can live our lives, but also leave enough for the future. I love it. Are there um, three tips that you would like to share with people who are trying to live a more mindful life that is also uh, intact with nature and with the environment and sustainable in the long term? Yeah, it's really similar to the advice I had for businesses too. I, I feel like for consumers that are just trying to be more conscious or even with your food too, when you try to become more plant-based, I feel like there's a lot of pressure sure. And I think that prevents a lot of people from starting because they think they have to be perfectly vegan or they have to be, you know, never shop fast fashion again and never buy any clothes. And that's just so unrealistic. I, again, just think that you need to be imperfectly perfect. Just start. Don't put a lot of pressure on yourself. Even one act of turning off the lights or walking somewhere versus taking the car, like that helps too. And just, just start. I think that's the easiest thing. And the second tip is just to figure out what your why is. 
for me, it just really broke my heart when I found out all the harmful synthetic chemicals that go into our clothing and also everything we're sending to the landfill. It's just like millions and millions of tons of textile waste. And a lot of it goes to the global south and they're just not equipped to deal with all of our trash. And so that was my personal why. And it really intrinsically motivated me to shape up my lifestyle and, of course, start my business. But for listeners, just really figure out what part of the really messed up fashion industry resonates with you and really makes you angry and use that as your fuel to start thrifting or go to clothing swaps and really figure out what that why is. Um, me and you can sit here and tell you about all the statistics and we can tell you all of those things until we're blue in the face, but until they find something that really resonates with them, that's when change really happens. And then, yeah, the last thing I think is just to have fun with it. I feel like a lot of the times, again, there's a lot of pressure and everyone's always like looking at other people like, are you doing correctly? Am I doing it correctly? But just have fun with it, right? Like if you and your girlfriends can just have a clothing swap one day with clothes you no longer wear or even just do a closet clean out and organize your wardrobe so you actually know what pieces you have and maybe you do it over a bottle of wine and you have some fun with it. I think that that's really, really exciting too. And so, yeah, don't, don't put a lot of pressure on it, figure out what your why is and just have fun with it. Absolutely. I love it. And uh, I want to go back one more time to uh, making a brand more sustainable. And uh, I wonder if there are pe people listening who work at a bigger corporation and they're trying to sell sustainability inside the company. And I know also from my own experience how hard this can be. What is your tip for selling a project like this to management? Yeah, this is huge. I did a podcast episode on it. Um, I can't remember the episode number off the top of my head, but if people just search up Recloseted Radio, they'll find it. But high level, what you need to do is figure out someone that's a bit higher than you. It doesn't have to be like the CEO or anything, but maybe it's like the VP of product or VP of design, just someone that's a little bit higher up than you that also shares a similar interest. And then you can almost use them as a champion in the company. So if you're someone that's maybe kind of mid-tier or lower tier in the company, then you definitely need to find someone that can be that champion with you. And if there's no one like that, then I think that you need to almost create some sort of a group within in the company. So it could be similar peers, it could be people below you, but just almost create a movement in the company. And you don't need to do it in a way where it's malicious or anything like that. It's just kind of like an intrinsically motivated group internally that really cares about sustainability. And then the other thing I would start to do is just in your own time, just start to kind of collect some things in the news or look at what competitors are doing and gather that data and perhaps start to put it into a presentation because a lot of companies are data driven, right? So you can tell them that, hey, our consumers are now demanding more transparency. Here are the stats. Um, this is what's happening from a legislation perspective. Here's the updates. This is what our competitors are doing. Here are the updates. And then almost build a business case so that it's a no-brainer to incorporate it. And the only thing, of course, is just to, like to keep your management involved or your manager involved and just let them know you're going to do this in your own time because you are really passionate about it. And yeah, just approach it in this way. Be very respectful and Yeah, just also understand the company politics as well. I don't want anyone to get into trouble. But honestly, I really, I really, really, really do think that a lot of CEOs right now, this is at the top of their mind. I don't think anyone is 
like often la la land aren't even thinking about this. So if you can build a business case and also provide some solutions or ideas as to how you can start, I really think you'll stand out in the company. Absolutely. Uh, I couldn't agree more with you. And Salida, is there something else that you would like to share with the community? Yeah, I mean, we're just here to help. We really want as many consumers and businesses involved as we transform the fashion industry. So folks can check out our podcast. We're going to be having you on as well very shortly. It's called Recloseted Radio. I'm also recently on YouTube. You can search us up. We're just Recloseted. So I've done a lot of more educational videos and I give a lot of free strategies on there. So highly recommend checking it out for brand owners if they want some additional help. And then I don't know when this goes live, but we do have a free masterclass. It's 60 minutes long, helping people launch a sustainable fashion brand. So folks can check that out at recloseted.com slash masterclass. And then we're just at recloseted on all social media. So yeah, lots of free resources, lots of free help. There's really no excuse not to be successful. You just have to go out and consume it all. Absolutely. I love the work that you do. I think it's very important and I'm definitely going to share all the links in the show notes um, so people can check you out, can check your workout and your YouTube channel. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was a pleasure chatting with you. Oh, thank you so much as well. This was so lovely and I hope that it was helpful to everyone listening. Thank you so much for joining this conversation as always please follow the podcast on spotify and rate it on apple podcasts join the conversation on instagram at i am and let me know what else you would like to hear and till next time